Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Coffee with Kush. Today we are talking about the power of consistency. Cheers. I think consistency is probably the most underrated value that digital agencies or marketing agencies in general bring to an organization. So like, oftentimes, you know, when we're at a pitch or we're speaking to a prospective client and they'll say, okay, so what are you gonna, what are you gonna do that we couldn't do ourselves? And honestly speaking, nothing, you know, really, like there's nothing, we, we don't invent stuff. Uh, we don't do anything, we have like, we have some proprietary knowledge, but that's not like the majority of the work that we do. What we do that most companies can't do is we just relentlessly focus on a single thing and consistently do it until it works or we know it does not work. And that's so important in digital, especially with like the algorithms nowadays. It's so easy to just like say, oh, I'm gonna do this email campaign. You send an email campaign, it gets like a 0.01% open rate and you're like, oh, that didn't work. We're never gonna do email again. And then that becomes like a narrative inside an organization. They're like, oh, we tried email back in 2006 and it didn't work then, so why would it work now? Okay. You've got to be consistent. I should definitely get a table here, right? Uh, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be willing to keep trying, right? You can make micro adjustments, but generally speaking, once you've done the initial plan, you've understood your target market, you've understood the channels that they're in, and then you've gone through like the next level of detail, which is the content types and how to present those pieces of content. You've got to consider, like, we don't do anything less than 20 times before making a judgment. So let's say that we've got like, if you're on TikTok and you see us on TikTok, you'll notice that we've got a few viral videos. They weren't the first of that type of viral video. Um, we'd done quite a few before and they hadn't gone viral. We just, we just followed the exact same sort of process and then they did. Made some micro changes, some small changes. What's interesting though is that when the first one went viral, the other ones also went viral, right? So imagine if we'd done the first one and gone, oh, that doesn't work, forget it. It doesn't work like that. You've got you to be willing to be consistent. You've got to be willing to like keep trying the same thing with just micro adjustments. And that takes an element of stoicism. It takes an element of just being really calm and relaxed. I'll tell you, I don't know if anyone follows football. Back in the day, not too long ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, I can't even remember. Brendan Rodgers became the manager of Liverpool. And I love Brendan Rodgers. Like a lot of Liverpool fans um, don't, but because uh, he, he the way he speaks is quite hyperbolic. He, he, he talks in hyperboles a lot, but um, what I loved about him was how entirely focused he was on a single style of play and a single method of working and how much he trusted and believed in that, how regardless of the situation, it would be consistent. And by the way, you know, he took us very close to a title for the first time in like, at that time it was like 25 years. So. Uh, I remember we were playing, I think it was Bolton away or something, and we were 1-0 we were down, then we scored in the second half, uh, start of the second half, then we scored like at, at minute 60. And then we had 30 minutes, basically, of Bolton um, just launching long balls into the box. And the last 10 minutes, like, were harrowing because they just kept launching the ball and launching the ball. 
and eventually we won. We won um, 2 1. And the uh, interviewer at the end of the game asked Brendan, he said, um, So, you know, how did you feel? You must have been quite nervous uh, in the last 10 minutes of the game. And he said, Well, not really. I mean, we were 1 0 up. They were the ones that were nervous. They were the ones who were having to chase the game. We practiced this every day over and over and over again. We practice defending uh, long balls over and over again. That's what we do. We are consistent in the way that we play. We dominate the ball. And he was so calm about it. And even if you look at him on the, on the sideline, he was just so calm because he totally trusted um, the method that they were using. There is this concept of trust the process. And I, I hate, I've always hated that term, trust the process, because what if the process is wrong, right? Um, I'm doing this thing with um, uh, Dr. Trevor Cashy at the moment, TKN it's called, Trevor Cashy Nutrition. And it's like entirely eye-opening. And one of the things that um, Dr. K says is, don't trust the process, because that's dumb. Engage in the process. Engage in the process. And that is way more profound. So let's go back to our viral videos that we had recently. So we have a process and we have an idea and we're following that process and we keep going and nothing goes viral. Now, we can sit there and just say, okay, nothing's gone, let's just stop. Or we could blindly just keep doing the same thing that we're doing. But actually the better thing to do is to engage in what has worked, what has what are the micro changes that might be made to optimize this better? It's better to just engage in that process. And so we did. We, so what we always do, we engage in the process of growth and then we um, make micro changes. And those micro changes eventually yield more knowledge. Sometimes they take you half a step back, sometimes they take you half a step forward, sometimes they take you all the way back, and sometimes they take you all the way forward. But micro changes allow you to understand variance. The, the changes but the key is to be consistent you've got an email campaign then don't view that as one email view that as 50 emails over the next six months and then decide how that's going to set up or over the next month it doesn't matter and decide how you're going to segment and decide what's going to um what are your measures of success and work through that process consistently over and over and over again and when you find that a subject line has a five percent shift in your open rate, use that subject line again, but don't just assume that that's the best. Tweak it again. See, you know, multivariant test, A-B test, see what things can improve and use the whole, don't just trust the process, really engage in it. Engage in the individual steps. So when clients come to us and say, what do we bring to the table? What we bring is consistency. A relentless ability to just keep driving forward. That's what we do as an agency. Yeah. Now, obviously, we bring creativity and different skill sets like video editors and all of that. But at the heart of what we do is what, what at the heart of what we do is what we don't do. We don't give up. We just refuse to give up. We just keep going, and eventually, you find the answers. Now, for some clients, the answers are pretty quick and easy. They they rock up. I remember one client we had in the peanut butter industry and that you know we we had like viral videos in week three which is like unheard of and then we've got another client in like the travel industry it took us eight months eight months but we didn't quit we didn't give up 
We just kept going. The client was always happy in those eight months because comparatively their numbers were increasing. Our standard isn't increasing numbers. Our standard is, you know, exploding, right? That's what we want for our clients. So um, it took eight months, but eventually after eight months, we'd figured it out and boom, away we went. And then we had multiple uh, bits of viral content, generated multiple leads in different areas and, um, you know, transformed how that business operates. Consistency. Never accept, giving up, like, it just doesn't, I don't understand why people do it. If you've got a new business and you, you, you're thinking, I always have this thought in my mind, actually. Whenever I'm starting a new business venture or I'm with a client or whatever it is, and it's something I say to my team all the time. Whenever they're, like, on the verge and they're like, oh, God, I just want to quit. I just want to give it up. I was like, okay, cool. I understand that. I respect that you feel that way. Just do me one more favor. Don't quit today. Do it tomorrow. Just do one more day. And then when the day comes, okay, cool. So I know you feel this way, but look, just do one more day. And if you just keep doing that one more day, you will eventually crack it. You'll eventually crack whatever it is that you're trying to crack. Consistency is just like of such high value. I think one of the other elements of consistency is that if you're doing something consistently, you're always making progress. This is where a number of like clients or, or normal businesses fail, right? Is that they'll have a marketing manager or they'll even have a marketing team and that marketing team will be almost beholden to the sales team or to the leadership or whatever it is and they'll keep shifting tactics and they'll never really settle on like one method and doing it over again. And I think that um, whilst you're chasing greatness, you're still moving forward. And that's one of the great things about like really focusing on consistency is that you're chasing the big thing, whatever the big thing is, but the fact that you're chasing means that you're still moving forward. How that translates is that in your reach, in your engagement, in your leads, whatever it is that you're measuring, those things are still improving month on month on month, right? But you're going after something really huge. So for you, you're not satisfied, but if you're consistent, you're always making improvement. You're always moving forward. It takes a lot of willpower to be consistent. It takes a lot of willpower to restrain yourself from change, especially nowadays. Like, nowadays, we want a we viral video like from the first video that we post, or we want to generate a thousand leads from a single campaign, and you're like, well, hold on. And I say nowadays, because isn't that basically how all of our screen time is dedicated. It's dedicated to fast change, shift, and in fact it's totally skewed because if you scroll through your Reels feed, what are you seeing really? You're seeing the most viral content. You're seeing the content that has the highest amount of engagement. And so what you're really seeing in your mind is, oh my God, all of this content's got great engagement and my content sucks. But if you just click on any one of those pages and scroll back three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever it is, you'll see their early videos had like five views. The only difference between them and you is they were consistent and you're watching their content. That's it, that's the only difference. They stayed consistent, they learned through the process, they engaged in the process and then they moved themselves forward. And so it takes a lot of willpower to not shift tactic all the time. 
Um, I think that's like the enemy of growth is like constant change. You've got to just be stoic, be consistent, trust that you know what you're doing. You've got the experience, you've done your research and then engage in the content that you're delivering and tweak it as you need to. I think, um, sorry, for anyone who's listening, I'm drinking my coffee. This is literally coffee with Kush today. And uh, it's my first coffee of the day. And my head isn't working at 100% until I've had at least three coffees. So um, to everyone else who's a coffee addict, hello. Staying motivated through the process can be a challenge, right? Staying motivated because... Again, if we go back to the algorithms, what are we really looking at when, we, when we're when we playing with the algorithms? What do the algorithms really do to us biologically? They give us like a little shot, don't they? A little happy pill, a little happy shot in the brain. Endorphins, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a scientist, as you can tell. But what that little happy shot, we crave that. Much like I crave this coffee, yeah? We crave it, and so that brings us back to the app. I think one of the things that TikTok's done exceptionally well that none of the other platforms have yet conned onto is they've created that same endorphin shot gamification in the creator experience. People who have never recorded themselves on video ever before, people who have never released a reel, they've never even released so much as a, a picture of themselves on Facebook can go viral on, on TikTok because it, it gamifies that experience. It gives you a boost in viewers or engagement just sort of almost randomly, although it's not random, there is method to the madness. So um, that in itself keeps you motivated because it makes you what you keep chasing that feeling again. But, but what if you're like running lead generation campaigns and it's been three weeks and you've gotten no leads or one lead or two leads? How do you stay motivated? How do you keep the people around you motivated? You know, how do you fight back against your boss who's saying, well, look, we've spent this and we're not getting any value back for it. Well, if you trust the research you did, then know that the process you're going through is going to work, right? Take advice from other people. But honestly, there isn't a paid ad campaign that works on day one. They just don't. It takes time. That's why all of the platforms have a learning phase. What do you think that is? Do you think that's just a way to collect money from you. It's not. It's the algorithms learning what works. If an ad works for Facebook, then it works for you. Or if an ad works for you, it works for Facebook. Facebook wants ads that are going to engage people. Of course it does. So it works really, really hard to make sure that your ad is successful. If your ad's successful, you're going to spend more money. If your ad's successful, its audience is going to engage harder on the platform. It's literally a win-win. There is no value in any of these platforms delivering junk to you, right? The only value they produce is bringing the right audience to your campaign. But it takes time. It is not an overnight thing. It takes time. Be patient with it. Be consistent. And of course, when it comes to micro-tweaking, all the ad platforms, they're ideal for that. Because you can, like, depending on your budget, you could run 50 different creatives with micro changes on each creative. 
or big changes if you want to, but the point is they're all experiments running simultaneously. And if you give the platform all that data, it will work harder for you. It will work harder to find the right creative, the right combination of creative and text, the right combination of headline and description. It will work really hard to find that correct combination and deliver that to the correct audience whilst it's working as well to, to find the right audience. So be patient, man. Be consistent. Relax. It's all right. It's going to work in the end. What if it doesn't work? <laughs> At what point do you give up? Well, you don't. It's as simple as that. That's my point, is that you don't ever give up. You don't ever quit on a platform or on a, uh, on a process that you're going through. You micro-tweak. You make micro-adjustments. It could be that two months down the line, you've made like 30 micro-adjustments, but your creative or whatever it is that you're trying to push or your, your, your content, whatever it is, is now fundamentally different than it was on day one, right? But as long as you're engaging in the data, micro-tweaking based on real like, information, on real data, you're learning every single step. You don't quit. You don't quit. You keep moving forward. You keep trying. But you do have to have measurement, right? You need to know if and when you're going to be successful. And I think this is probably one of the other things when clients say to us, um, you know, what are you bringing to the table? We're fastidious about numbers. We like, we live and breathe our numbers. That's what we do. And we never do anything without predicting its success. I used to do this when I was back in, in the UK. Probably 2012, 13, 14, something like that. That's when I started anyway. I used to open Instagram, or Facebook, mostly Instagram, and I'd roll down my feed and I would stop before the engagement numbers, right? Before the number of likes, I would, I would pause. And I would look at the content and I would predict in my mind, I sound like a right geek here, but okay, I'm going to accept that. Um, I would predict in my mind the number of likes and then I'd look. So I could look at some content and think, this is amazing. I've probably got 2,300 likes. And then I'd look, and it was 420. So much lower than I thought, but still quite high. Then I'd go, okay, if he's got 420 likes, this could be one of his first major pieces of content. So I predict that he only has uh, 320 followers. Then I'd go and look at his profile and see how many followers he's got. And if he had way more followers but less, then I'd be like, okay, so if he's got... Only 400, if he's got a million followers but only 400 likes, this must be a totally new type of content. And so I just keep going through that process. And that process of like guessing what was happening, and then I would be wrong 90% of the time, but I'd learn every single scroll I'd be learning. Do you know what I mean? And so that ethos of really making sure that we're on top of our numbers and not just on top of the numbers, not just reporting, predicting. Predicting is the key. So predicting what the numbers are going to be, I think is really, really important. And being brave enough to predict. It takes bravery to say, I think that this numbers are gonna be um, whatever it is, and then knowing that you're gonna be wrong. You're always wrong, you're never 100% right. You're either way too high, way too low, or somewhere about right, but it's never exactly in the number that you think it's gonna be. 
that's kind of like gamification for yourself. It's like you're gamifying your own content, your own work. You're gamifying it through prediction. I think this is, again, that's like super valuable. You learn so much by just looking at your numbers. And sometimes I often think, I don't know if this is true, maybe someone who's like got a, um, a background in this kind of stuff can tell me, but I always think that like, just the act of looking at the numbers, even if you don't necessarily understand or are able to interpret them there and then at that moment in time, something happens in your brain that two or three days later you make a decision and you think, where does that decision come from? And it came from those numbers and you're not really sure why it came from those numbers. Something happens, like it's like your brain sort of doing like a process in the background and then it sort of chucks out an answer for you. It could be an hour later or three days later. And that answer tends to be like a good evolution, a good next step or a, a good micro change. So yeah, just like looking at the numbers, being on top of the numbers all the time. We're on top of all of our clients, way more than our clients. We send them a report at the end of every month. I'm pretty sure none of them like fully read the report. They'll look at the summary page and we make sure that like the summary says, here's all the things that have happened this month. Because mostly people I think read that first page. And they think that we just do that like uh, using like an automated process. We don't. We manually write. We do a lot of stuff automated, right? But those reports, we manually write them. We write those reports like every single month. And I'm sure the client thinks it's for their benefit. And of course it is for their benefit. But really it's for our benefit. It's because we want to know, okay, what happened to all of the stuff that we did this month? What happened to the micro changes? What's the overall impact? And we're comparing month on month, every single time. Like, so we write those reports first for us, first for us as you know, um, digital marketers, and then for our clients. Um, we read every page because we write it, and our clients, I don't know, maybe they do, maybe I'm not being fair, maybe they read through it. I know some do, I know some do because they ask questions about like page 16. Hey, we saw like a shift in, uh, the ranking of this keyword, what was behind that? And the interesting thing is we always have an answer. We always know because we've been doing all of these micro changes. We've been doing all of these experiments throughout the month, so we always know the answer. I think that adds a lot of confidence to clients as well. If they ask a question and you, and you have like a really specific, that was a specific example, by the way. It was a keyword for a client that was, I can't remember the exact keyword, but it was it's the client's a boxing gym. And uh, it was something to do with Mike Tyson. And we'd ranked in previous weeks for that keyword in the 90s. And then suddenly, like over that month, we were ranking one with a snippet. Um, so ranking one with a snippet in all major markets, basically. And so that was, it wasn't hidden, but it was like quite far down into the report. And the client asked, hey, what happened so that we're now ranking for that keyword? And we knew exactly what would happen. We'd gotten like, five high value backlinks for that blog post on um, through, our, through our outreach. And so, yeah, that just all that shifted the ranking of that, of that particular piece of content. But we were able to answer straight away. It wasn't like we had to go and do some research and find out, we know what we're doing. It's like, we live it every single day and we're consistent with it every single day. And I think that, yeah, that's the point of this podcast today. Be consistent, relax. Don't, don't like chop and change all the time. Micro adjustments, micro changes. Listen, when I'm saying micro, 
I literally mean micro, like one word change or one font size change. Do you know what I mean? Like one change. That's, that's a micro adjustment. If you're changing your creative entirely or if you're changing your approach entirely or if you're ditching an entire channel, that's not a micro adjustment. That's, that's just jumping from channel to channel and tactic to tactic. And you'll never be successful doing that. You just won't. You've got you to give the channels the time. You've got to give them the effort in order to be able to achieve their results. So, um, yep, that was, the, that was what we were only to talk about. It was kind of a topic in, in the office today. We've got like four new trainees at the moment. And uh, yeah, we're always trying to, they get disappointed. Trainees do get disappointed early because part of their task is they have to create accounts from zero around the topics. We've got one who's created one on cats and another one created one on art. And, and they get disheartened because like some the content doesn't get a lot of traction early, of course, because it's a brand new account. And so we're always like trying to say, firstly, you've got to relax. Nobody's judging you. You're judging yourself harder than we would ever judge you. And secondly, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent, have a plan, execute the plan, and just keep doing it over and over again. And if you want to make changes, make small changes, and then you'll see the results and obsess over your numbers. And in those exercises, all I'm really doing is, you know, I don't, I mean, sometimes I'll look at the content, but mostly I'll come in the office and say, how are your numbers from yesterday? And for the first two weeks, they'll like, flail around on their phone and then after the first two weeks normally I'll say how are your numbers yesterday and they'll say oh four percent up on the day before good and that's what I want I want them to be that obsessed over the numbers and really the exercise is an exercise in keeping people calm and and getting them to trust their data uh, so if it's good enough for our team pretty sure it's good enough for you guys all right that was uh, episode 38 with Coffee with Kush um, we've got a long list of episodes coming up so I will talk to you again next week.